Сбирка на Крижока по нова и съвременна история към Историческия факултет на Совийския университет. Аз съм Искрабаева, ръководителка на този Крижок. А имаме удоволствието сега да ви представим лекцията на един колега от Израел. Лекция, която предполагам, че ви очаквате с нетърпение, тъй като знаете за какво става дума. Има голяма дискусия по Фейсбук и беше дискусията за позициите, които се заема. Това е една от позициите, които са толкова често срещани в съвременния свят, с която се опитва да проблематизира неща, които изглеждат отдавна утвърдени. По нов начин това е характерно не само за нашия век, а и за нашето хилядолетие, да погледнем по нов начин към утвърдените неща. И сега искам да дам думата на Николай Аретов, който ще представи съвсем кратко нашия гост Шломо Зант. Благодаря. За мен е голяма част да кажа два изречения, три днеска. Радвам се, че имам възможността да представя професор Шуамо Зант от университета в Тел-Авив. Специалист по... Всъщност той ще ви разкаже, вероятно, в лекцията си по-подробно и по-интересно кой той. Учила в Германия и в Франция. След това се е върнал в Израел и там е преподавател по обща история, т.е. горе-долу вашата специалност на вашия кръжак. Тази книга, която е поводът за тази среща и за неговото гостуване, която е организирана от издателите, разбира се, БГ книга, и до някъде от проекта Емоционалното съдържание на българската национална идентичност. Тази книга привлече нашето внимание с не толкова, тъй като ние предполагам, че повечето от вас и не са специалисти също по история на Израел и на юдейската култура, да кажем, а с подхода, който има към една важна митология, бих казал, не важна, а един от образците на митология за европейската култура, който е проблематизиран по заслужаващ внимание начин, така да се каже по-дискретно. Дискусията тече във Фейсбук, но не само във Фейсбук и не само във България. Имах възможност да прелистя поне големи стати в възторжени статии за тази и за следващата му книга, която се казва Изобретяването на еврейската земя. И за двете книги текат огромни дискусии и в Израел, и в англоязичния, френскоязичния и рускоязичния печат научен, така да се каже, и интернет. Така че, който иска без никакъв труд може да намери десетина заслужаващи внимание стати, но за сега нека прекъсна, за да дам думата на професор Зан, който несъмнено много по-интересно от мен ще говори на тази тема. Заповядайте. Благодаря ви много, че да ми дадам възможност да спрямам на това. To invite to Sofia, the first time for me. I hope not the last one. And I'm really sorry that I cannot speak in Bulgarian, and I need the translator. By the way, I am not speaking a very good English. I prefer to speak in Hebrew, but they didn't find the translator from Hebrew. Then I will speak. But I hope the translator will ameliorate. I mean, make it better my speech. You see, I'm quite sure. I wrote this book by mistake, because it's not my field of studies. I have not a right. I didn't have a right to write this book in Israel. I, when I wrote it, I, was, I wasn't sure that it would be translated to English or to French, really. Now it's more or less 70 languages, and it's going to be translated to four more. It's a big surprise. 17 it yet, and four more in this year. Now, Really, I, I was surprised that it was uh, uh, 
uh, so, become so famous, that I become so famous. I'm not modest, but I re I'm really surprised. Why? Because in the bottom line, I'm, I, I think that it's a very simple book. It doesn't mean that you can go to sleep with a book like this at the end of the day. But it's not. You know, I started with, the, with basic childish questions. For the student between you, I, I, I can give an you know, example to start to, to ask questions that nobody asks it. You understand? You know, we are used to repeat the stupidities of our parents, especially the stories of the national education. You know, all my life I was speaking about Jewish people, Jewish nation, and even when I was a leftist, when I was young, revolutionary leftist, I was always speaking about the Jewish nation. Now, in the last years, I mean the last 10 years, under uh, the influence of a few uh, English uh, writers that uh, put a finger of, uh, of new questions like, what is a people? What is a nation? What is nationality? What is nationalism? And also, I remember, you know, it's the meeting of two, two processes. Putting the questions about what is the essence of nations, people, nationality, in combined with the other process of research that was Israeli archaeology. You know, in the last uh, 15 years, more or less, Israeli archaeologues discovered that the exod of the Jews from Egypt didn't happen. <laughs> It was a myth, the exod, you know, the Jews from Egypt, Moses and all this. The archaeologue in Israel discovered that it is a myth, a legend. I remember the day, the first time I heard an uh, explanation that, you know, this historical process didn't happen, never happened. And I understood that everything is possible. You understand? Everything is possible with questions, not with answers. And then happened something strange. I combined the English research about nationality with the research about the Israeli archaeologue. And this is a product of this combination. Now, I remember starting my book uh, uh, dealing with the question, what is a people, what is a nation? And I remember asking myself, it's very important to understand, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, we can speak about people when there is not, not journals, not books, not TV, not radio, not internet. Then a peasant, I ask you to try to imagine a peasant living 50 kilometers from Sofia 500 years ago. Do you believe that he knows that he is Bulgarian? Really? You thought about it? 500 years ago. And with the Jewish myth, they believe that 4,000 years before, people knew that they belonged to a Jewish nation. You understand? I decided to start again. And I arrived to the conclusion that uh, people and nation are a product of modernity. To speak about a people in the modern sense of the word, we need some education, general education, a standard language, and you know, a level of communication that is a product only of the two last hundred years. You understand me? Then I don't believe that we can use the word people in the modern sense of the, of the term on 500 years ago a thousand years ago or uh, four thousand years ago. The goals was not a nation, not a people. The, the Tefton wasn't a nation or a people. And also Jews didn't exist for thousand years ago as a people or as a nation. Oh, a lot of Jews in Israel didn't like it. Much less in Paris and New York. And I will explain in the end why, especially in Paris and New York. I think a people is a product of modernity, when there is a kind of general education, 
a standard language in the feeling that you belong to a people. It's quite modern. People is a, a human community that uh, shared a secular uh, daily culture and also a language, more or less, okay? And also, I can uh, put forward that a nation is a people to ask a sovereignty of itself. I mean, a people is a, a nation is a people that want uh, a state for itself. Later, on questions, if you want to, uh, I will make it more clear, this uh, problematic between people and nation after my termi terminology. Then how come that in the textbooks of pupils in all the schools in the Western world and all the, all the other world, people are studying that they are, uh, uh, people are uh, pupils are stu uh, studying that they are pupils for thousand years, uh, I believe that a lot of you studied in school, in the high school, in school also, that you exist as a people from the 640, no? 48? Uh, 681. In the Bulgarian people exist from 681. Uh, old nation, old people, not old like the French and not old like the Jews. Quite old, no? The problem is, to build nations, you have to imagine back peoples. To create new nations, you have to imagine. It's not enough that you have a common language. It's not enough that you have a political common consciousness. You need to invent yourself to the back, to feel that you are something that is coming from very, very far. This is national identity. It's not enough to live the present. You, you need a long past. I have a kind of German education with long, long sentence. I'm sorry. I will be a more, much more French. Okay, it's shorter. The bottom line, the theoretical bottom line is that it's not nations that create nationality in nationalism, but it's nationalism that create nations. It's very strange, huh? To think that nationalism create nations. Now, there is not nations without newspaper in general education of all the pupils, of the citizens in the people. And this is more or less the product of the 19th century. Then I will not fix for you when the Bulgarian people started, because I am a nice person, but uh, the Israelis knows that I am not very nice. Because my book tried to show that in the modern sense of the word people, it's Zionism that created the Jewish nation. It doesn't mean that Jews didn't exist in the past. I think that Judaism is one of the most important religions in the Western world. It's the basic of the Western monotheism. And, uh, you know, in my book, uh, you know, I don't have any critics about uh, Jewish religion, if, even if I'm not a religious person at all. But people become crazy about my book in Israel. Saying that Judaism is a very important religion and not a very important nation make the Israeli historiography afraid for me. At the beginning, I didn't understand why exactly. No, really, it's not a joke. Later, with the critics, I started to understand the problem. You see, naturally, we believe that people, nation, has a right on the land, of a land, no? But religion don't have, uh, doesn't have a right of a land. Then if I say that Judaism is a great religion and not a great uh, chosen people, by the way, about the concept of chosen people, you have to understand, I'm not critic about the, the belief of a lot of Jews that they belong to chosen people. I'm not critic at all. The concept of people was a, a, a concept of a religious community living, existing under the Christian civilization and later after the, under the Islamic civilization. To continue to be a Jew, you can do it with the concept of a chosen people. Then a little Jew here, near the Christian cathedral, the biggest Christian cathedral, 
believing that he belongs to a chosen people hundred years ago, it's quite different. And then a colony, a, a colon in the occupied territories, a colon, a colon, a, a settler, a settler in the occupied territories, settler, colony. It's quite different. This little Jew, you know, near the Christian cathedral in Saint Denis or in Sofia, that believes that he belongs to a chosen people, it's quite different than an Israeli colon with his arm running on the hills of the, of, uh, the occupied territories and believing that he belongs to a chosen people. A month ago, it was discovered that 70% of the Israelis believe that they belong to a chosen people. And this I cannot accept. A Jew, my grand-grandfathers that believe that they belong to chosen people, in my colleagues, soldiers, that believing in the chosen people and have a nuclear weapon, it's quite different. I don't hide in my book my political positions in the end. Even if I'm a historian, then to expose you my decomposition of the idea of a Jewish people, the decomposition of the idea of a, of a Jewish people, then my book, that is a historical book, after the Bible, showing that the Bible is not a historical text, I try to show in the first chapter historical chapter, that the Bible is not a historical book. Not the First Testament and not the second one. It's a very great theological text. I remember thinking only to write about history in the Bible. And then I arrived to the question of the exile of the Jew from Judea, from Palestine. You see, as an Israeli pupil, I was educated like all the others, the Jews were expelled from Palestine. In some moment in the book, I remember writing the book, I went to the library looking for research, scientific book about the exile of the Jews from Judea. I'm quite sure that there are people here that believe the Jews were expelled by the Romans from Judea. No, I'm quite sure. Not only the, the Jews between you. I remember going to the library and I didn't find one research book, scientific book about the expel, expel of the Jews. And I started to walk about it and ask what happened, what happened with the people in Palestine, in Judea, in the land of Israel. What happened with them? If they were not expelled, what happened with them? And you know, step by step, I discovered by Roman historians, even Jewish historians, that most of the population in Judea that wasn't expelled by the Romans, by the way, the Romans didn't expel people. The Jews become Christian and after it Muslims. They become much more Muslims than Christian, you know why? Because Judaism is much more nearer to the Islam than to Christianity, even if you define today the civilization of Europe has a Judeo-Christian civilization. I will, in the answers, if you will have questions, I make it more clear, my critic. Between Jews and Muslims, there is not a problem of killing the God. The Muslims don't believe that we killed their son of God. It's very important. Okay, and also, the Muslims don't, didn't believe that the, a God can make a son like the Jew. Then the population become Muslims without knowing that they become no, uh, Muslims. Because Muhammad is another prophet that recognized all the other prophets before. That my conclusion that in the 70th century, most of the Jews become Muslims. It's not my opinion. I'm not original. The first Zionist coming to Palestine, Ben-Gurion, you heard the name David Ben-Gurion? They believe that the Arabs in Palestine are the descendants of the Jews. It's not me. Till the first revolt of the local people against the Zionist colonization, Zionists say that the Palestinians are the real descendant of the ancient Hebrew. 
and they accuse me that I believe that Palestinians today, they are the real Jews. The real Jews, uh, the real uh, descendant of the Jews. The Palestinians? No, no. I, I think that Palestinians of today are a mixture. Now, I don't believe that the Palestinians are the descendant, direct descendant of the ancient Hebrew. I think that it's a people, a mixed people, like all the people in the world. Even the Bulgarian. Sorry. <laughs> but the chance that a Palestinian will be a dissident is much greater, greater than me in a lot of Jews that are in this room. Sorry again. Now, if the Jews were not expelled from Judea, how come that there are so many Jews in the world? The answer is very simple. Judaism was the first proselytic religion in the Western monotheism. I don't believe that a lot of you knows that there were at least four Jewish kingdoms in the history. Kingdoms. You see, I'm speaking before classes in, in Tel Aviv University, and before me, there are sitting students, so colorful, so different in image, in, vis in, the, in their faces, and they believe that they are descendants of David the king. The nice Jewish Yemenite student with the nice hairs, you know, uh, I would say frise, frise. They believe that it is the wind from the Red Sea that make it so nice. <laughs> Nobody knows that it was a Jewish kingdom in the fifth century. They say the same thing in North Africa. Physically, there is not a difference between the Jews from Morocco and the Berberian from Morocco. But they believe that they come from Palestine. The same thing is also with the European Jew. And the same thing, sorry to say, is also with the Bulgarian Jew. I try to show in my book that Jews in the world most of them are natives of the places that they were born and lived and developed. A Bulgarian Jew is not different from a Christian Bulgarian. And sometimes, in some places, the people that choose Judaism were before the others that choose Christianism later. You understand me? A lot of places, people that live in this area choose Judaism before other people choose Christianism. It means that a lot of Jews are more autochton than Christian in this country. I know that the anti-Semitic between you will not like this idea. And not the Zionist between you. Anyway, you know, I followed all this in my book. This is the reason that it is, you know, so, uh, so long. Too long, too long. I never finished it. I'm quite sure the translator to Bulgarian read it from the beginning to the end much better than me. But I finished the book with a chapter about Israeli today. What do I mean by it? Zionism is a kind of nationalism like all other nationalism in the world. But if the Bulgar nationalism arrived to create a Bulgar nation, the Jewish nationalism didn't arrive to create a Jewish nation. Most of the Jews of the world, people that consider themselves as Jews, don't want to go to live in Israel. It's okay for my part. I don't feel lonely. But something important. If, Zion, if Zionism didn't succeed, like Bulgarian nationalism, to create a Jewish nation, Zionism succeed better than other nationalism by creating two people. A Palestinian nation, people, in an Israeli nation. Israeli people. Why people? A common language. A common language, a literature in Hebrew, a cinema, theater, etc., etc., etc. But Zionism don't want to recognize that it is his child. It's a, a bastard child. You understand? This is the danger of the existence of Israel today. Because Israeli, Israel, and Bibi Netanyahu expresses it every week. 
say that the state of Israel is not the state of its citizens. But 25% of the Israeli citizens, without the occupied territories, are not considered the Minister of Interior as Jews. 20% are Arab. 5% are emigrants from Russia, not Jews. In basic, the state doesn't belong to them. It means that Bibi Netanyahu is sure that the Israeli state belongs much more to the Jews in Sofia than to my pupils, students in the Tel Aviv University, they are not Jews, Arabs. I have Arabs, students, Israeli. They are speaking Hebrew better than me. I want you, please, think about it if you are not against Israel. Israel has not a future if it will continue to be the state of Woody Allen and not of my students. Not because Woody Allen is not serious. He doesn't want to live with me in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Okay, I want good relationship with Woody Allen. I admire him. But he prefers to live in New York. By the way, he loves much more non-Jewish girls than Jewish girls, as you know. Anyway, the next generation of Woody Allen will not be Jew. It is not a problem for me. But I'm... But I'm really worried that Jewish nationalism was not transformed to a civic nationalism, instead an ethnocentric nationalism. This is the problem of Israel, that Jewish nationalism, it means Zionism, didn't change to a civic nationalism, civil, and continue to stay an ethnocentric. You understand me? I'm afraid of a Kosovo in Galilee. The Arabs, the Israeli citizens Arabs, are majority in the Galilee today. If tomorrow they will did like the Kosovo, as you know, the, the Kosovo are Albanian, they don't want to belong to Albania. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Sorry if there is a Kosovo here. You are Kosovo. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you are Kosovo? <laughs> Anyway, I am for the Kosovo. There is not a problem. The fact that they are Albanians doesn't mean that they want to be a, a part of Albania, that it's much more poorer. The Palestinians in the Galilee, most of them don't want to belong to Palestine, to the occupied territories. They are Israeli citizens. They are speaking the two languages perfectly. But Israel said that it's a Jewish state, not the Israel Republic. This is the reason that I wrote my book, to say that Israel is not a real democracy. It's continued to be much more an ethnocracy. Thank you very much. I don't desire to judge your books and thoughts. Let your colleagues do it. I'm a philosopher, not historian. Second, my second preposition, uh, proposition, as a philosopher, I know and I can prove it that history always follows ideology. Third, as a social psychologist also graduated, I can prove you that ideology influence, influences masses and groups' mind. That is why it is so important what historians have to say. History will always fall prey to ideology, politicians, and the status quo. That is why I ask you the following pragmatic question, historical, I am not a specialist. If Israel does not have a historical right for a national state and is not a real democracy, I'd like to ask you what would you say about Iran and how can Israel protect against Iran, that is real democracy. Thank you to warn me. Uh, I stopped to be afraid very, very young. And I agree with you with one thing. That, uh, 
that historians are bad philosophers. This is the reason that I become a historian. No, it's not a joke. I wanted to be a philosopher. When, when I understood that I'm not a genius, I, I turned to history. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't finish. Now, uh, I don't think that the Jews has a historical right on this land. Because if I accept this principle that 2,000 years gave you a historical right, then I will be for the Serb that want Kosovo today. Do you know that the Serb 200 years ago, I mean, it's not Serb, it's a dialect of Serbs, of Orthodox Christians that were living in Kosovo and were a majority 150 years ago. Do you know it? Then, so, do you know that 150 years ago, most of the, of the people in Kosovo were uh, people that spoke a kind of Serb dialect? It was Orthodox Christian. Do you know it? Now, Serbia asked to be the owner of Kosovo because the Battle of 1389. A good reason to make war against Kosovo and not to let the Kosovo to be independent. No, my friend, I don't accept historical rights. The Germans ask of historical rights to Alsace-Lorraine. Bulgaria asks, I think, uh, historical rights of a few territories around, no? Be careful about it. It's a very dangerous idea. I think that the Jews didn't have right on the, this land at all. It doesn't mean that I put in questions the right of Israel to exist today. Why? Because in history you cannot go back without creating new tragedies. Then this is the reason that I asked the Arabs from very young to recognize Israel in the borders of 67 in the Arab League in 2002, the first time in the history of the Arab history, recognize Israel in the 67 borders. Israel didn't respond because Israel cannot go out from the occupied territories. Why? Because this territory is a biblic, our biblic territory. Like Kosovo for the Serb. It's not possible. In the war will continue, in the Arab world will not accept Israel in this condition. The difference between us is that I accept a lot of things of history. We can correct history, we cannot change completely in going back. But we can recognize the Palestinian state besides Israel today. Israeli doesn't want. Now, about Iran. One of the mistakes in political, in political analyze is thinking that a totalitarian state or an anti-liberal state like Iran is an aggressive state. I don't believe it because I studied the history of the 20th century. And I think, for example, to give you one example, that Stalin was the biggest murderer of the 20th century. But in foreign relationship, he was more careful the Americans and the French. When Stalin could put his hand over land, he took it. But he didn't translate it. His interior terror to exterior terror like Hitler did. He never put the world in the danger of a world war. And I continue to say he's the biggest murderer of the 20th century, more than Hitler. China, China is the most totalitarian society today He has the nuclear, she has the nuclear, 
I think that it's a it, it is not a danger for the world. Now, the, the greatest liberal state in the world is the United States. It's the only state that uses the nuclear weapon against civil population. He uses it on, on population of children and women in the end of the, in the 6th August of uh, 1945 in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Most of the population at that time was women and children in Hiroshima and Nagasaki because the soldiers were in the front. My friend, I don't want that Iran will have a nuclear weapon. Yes, but I don't think that the state that has the nuclear weapon has the right to ask that the other state will not have. Now, I think that we can stop Iran by giving presence to Iran. Not the right to say that they have not a right to nuclear. Now, by the way, do you know that Iran, that is an authoritarian state, never attacked another state in the last hundred years? Every state in the Middle East attacked another state in the last hundred years, Israel included, Egypt included, Jordan included, Syria included. Yes, I'm afraid from the Iranian nuclear, my friend. I'm leaving Tel Aviv. But I am afraid also that Israel doesn't accept an international aspect of its own nuclear weapon. You understand me? I will start with the end. History is not repeated. The Holocaust needs real Nazis. This is special in the Holocaust. Not the victims. The murderers. And I don't see for the moment, even not Ahmadinejad is for me, is not a Hitler. You see, something important you push, uh, put as a question. I think the uniqueness of the Shoah, of the Holocaust, is the murderer, the hangman, not the victim. <laughs> the victim was like everybody, you understand? Then I don't believe, first of all, you have to know in the Western world, anti political anti-Semitism disappeared. Not anti-Semitism, but political, public anti-Semitism disappeared from the public space. You know, the nation in the West don't need Jews as enemies anymore. They need Jews as enemies between 1850 and 1950. To compare anti-Semitism of today to anti-Semitism that was in these hundred terrible years is not to understand history. To compare. You cannot be a political person, the Western world. I'm not speaking about East Europe for the moment. You cannot be in the Western world a political person and be anti-Semitic, Judophobe. Not a member of the parliament, not a journalist, important journalist in the TV. You cannot be. Even not a fashion designer. You can be a Islamophobe. Because Europe needs new enemies. You understand? I don't afraid about the Holocaust. It doesn't mean that I'm a very optimistic person. I want to say that uh, the, the wave of revolutions, democratic authoritarian revolutions, the wave of democratic authoritarian revolutions in the Arab world is very important. Authoritarian democratic is a good phenomenon. Unfortunately, it's not liberal democracy revolutions. You cannot ask everything. I want to change the Israeli politics that tomorrow this new Islamic democracy will be less anti-Israeli. The first condition is to recognize a Palestinian state. 
it will be much more difficult to be anti-Israelian in the Arab world, in Europe, if a Palestinian state will be in Palestine. Sure, there is a danger always with the nationalist historians, with the nationalist politicians. By the way, historically, they will write Jaffa, Haifa belongs before to the Arabs in Palestine. The dangers exist, but it's much more dangerous to continue to live in the Middle East like the Croazat state in the, uh, you know, the, in the first thousand years. Much more dangerous. Now, you see, this is important. The Israeli citizens, Palestinians, are living quite better than the Palestinians in, the, in Palestine. They don't want to go to live in Palestine. Now, but the question is serious. Always there is every move in politics is a danger. The situation today is the most dangerous. Don't forget the, the power relationship with it between us and the Palestinians. Sorry, I am not afraid for my Palestinians. You understand? Do you think about the power of Israel today? She can occupy not only Palestine, Bulgaria also. <laughs> we won't allow it. We won't allow Israel to occupy Bulgaria. Ah, no? But Israel has the power. No, I was joking about Bulgaria. Forget it. No, really, I didn't, I didn't came here to say to you that Israel won't occupy. Sorry. It was a joke. Sorry. I don't want that Israel will occupy the Arab Jerusalem city. Then it's sure that I don't want. Yes, I, I'm sure that the Bulgarian resistance will win Israeli power. Okay? No problem. Now, seriously, seriously, put the question of the danger. You see, I'm a historian. I try to understand the past. I'm a prophet of the past, not of the future. But really, really, a Palestinian state, it's not a menace. Even Iran is not a menace. What is a menace? The Arab Israel in the Galilee that will decide tomorrow to make Kosovo. They will force her to make a massacre. And it will be the, the beginning of the end of Israel. No, the problem is not that the Jews thought that they are a chosen people. In the history, a little minority, a religious minority, that was thinking that it's a chosen people wasn't a problem. I said before, it's a problem that Israel is thinking today that it's a chosen people. But you have to understand that in the Western world, before Hitler, German Jews, French Jews, English Jews consider themselves as German, French, and English before everything. They didn't consider themselves as a chosen people. Everywhere that the liberalism progressed, Jews become a part of the new nations. Heinrich Heine, Heinrich Heine, was German before the father of Hitler. You understand why? It's not a joke. He built the German new modern culture, Heinrich Heine. He didn't consider himself as a chosen people. Most of the Jews that came into the concentration camp in Germany before the war considered themselves as Germans. They didn't understand why Hitler put them in concentration camp. Most of them. It's Hitler that was thinking that it is a chosen people 
Hitler choose Hitler. them as the chosen victim. Leon Blum. Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. Trotsky. Trotsky. Didn't think that they belonged to a chosen people. Not Medes France and a lot of others, Jews that participate in national culture of their country. I was growing up in Jaffa. In a Bulgarian quarter. My first girlfriend was a Bulgarian Jew. I can't promise you that the Jews that emigrate in 4950 uh, to Israel from here, I'm worried that today too many Israelis. Today, today, too many Israelis believe that they belong to a chosen people. But there are a lot of professors of history or philosophy in the United States, in England, in France that they think that Jews are like all others I got a lot of letters from, from a lot of uh, mixed couples, Jewish, non-Jewish They thanks me about my anti-racist position about Jewishness. The nicest letter that I got was from an American from Jewish origin with the name of Horowitz. He wrote me, thank you very much for your, letter, uh, for your book. It was a present for my 85th birthday. After reading your book, I feel very normal. Suddenly I'm normal. A Jew, but a normal, like my neighbor. <laughs> I'm a psychologist. If your book were, would be published 30 years before, 40 years before, I could have much less patience. <laughs> I, can, I can send you the letter. I shared with Lieberman one important thing that the Israeli Arabs are a danger. What is the difference? I mean, the diagnosis is the same. The therapy is different. Why? Lieberman is, a non, is not an honest political person. He proposed to move the border with a few Arab villages in the middle of the country, not in Apula, in the triangle, little triangle near Natania. If Lieberman will propose that all the Galilee will pass to a Palestinian state, I will start to think about Lieberman as a real Israeli politician and not an agent of Belarusia Luchenko. The Arabs are majority in the Galilee. Lieberman is not thinking to cut Galilee from Israel. Then my therapy is to accept the 67 border because the world, in the Arab world, accept this border. It's illusion to live in Israel without Arabs. We will never. If somebody don't want to live with Arabs in Israel, he has a choice to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am not for a one-state solution today because I don't want to propose the Israeli Jews to become a minority in their own state. My political dream is a two-state on the border of 67, an Israeli state with Arab citizens, in a Palestinian state, with a lot of settlers, with the colons. In a confederation, we cannot live without the Arabs in the Middle East. And we cannot start to move population in the beginning of the 21st century. Then, I'm for a confederation of two states, two republics. 
of Israeli citizens and Palestinian citizens. It's not simple. And I'm pessimist. But one thing I say always before European uh, audience, if the human being arrived to finish the 20th century Without a nuclear war, every, everything is possible in the Middle East. Thank you very much. You want to continue? Okay, okay. No, I'm against the parliament uh, that uh, it will be a Jewish representation in the European Parliament because I think, because I don't want to put the Jews outside from other citizens in Europe. Religious people don't need a parliament. Secular Jews are very, very French, very, very German, very, very Bulgarian. There is something. After Hitler, to be a secular Jew is okay. But Jewishness, secular Jewishness has not a future. We are the last generation because we cannot produce, reproduce secular Jewish culture. It's important that we are the generation after Hitler. We, keep, we can keep this identity, but there is not a future because the children will be Bulgarian, European, French, German. Why to take out the Jews from others? Why to make them privileged? It's very dangerous. Now, because I am a moderate political person, I think that Israeli can stay as a Republica of the Israelis. a state of refuge from Jews that suffer from persecution of as Jewish. But it doesn't belong to the Jews in the world. You understand me? It's not nice to put outside the Jews to give them a right to a, you know, a, a special representation. I think that the Jews are very Bulgar. I met a few of them, very, very Bulgar. They have something different because uh, some special history they have. But I don't, I don't want that they will have a special future. If you buy the book, I will not become more rich than... <laughs> but if you want, I will sign the books that you are buying.